Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Right now, I am in an alley beside some dumpsters with a guy named Carrie Pratt, a.k.a. Prairie Cat. How's your day been? It's been busy setting up for the show, album release, uh, all the good parts, press, you know, interviews. What does a Prairie Cat sound like, Carrie Pratt? Oh, they're very, very uh, salt. Uh, quiet animals they live in solitude they actually make no noise because they're hunting most of the time what if they're hungry and i'm opening a can of salmon <laughs> you, might <laughs> you might hear a slow um uh um mm sound that's what i make when i'm hungry mm. let's play a prairie cat song i'm gonna play got nothing that's off your new record who knows where to begin i would love you to tease that track for the audience well, I hope you guys enjoy this one. This is about being stuck in some traffic and wanting to tell the other drivers how you feel about them, uh, but you can't use any words, so enjoy. I could say one or two mean things Make you slap my face It would really sting It wasn't even for you. It wasn't even for you. 
Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Right now, I am in an alley with Prairie Cat in the downtown Lower East Side. We just heard the song Got Nothing off the record. Who knows where to begin? Prairie Cat, I'd love you to talk a little bit about this track. There's kind of an interesting story going on in the song. Are you a dick in real life like the guy in the song? You know, if people are interrupting, uh, you know, (laughs) interviews and things like that, it can happen. In the background, a nice gentleman is cleaning up broken glass off the floor of the alley. That would make me upset. Anyone who makes their uh, makes their <laughs> their neighborhood a little bit better is okay in my books. It's great when things like that happen that are unexpected. All right, we were talking before I rolled the tape, and you told a much better story about getting chocolate cake thrown on you. Yeah, it's true. I did. Uh, I did. Um, I don't want to get into the details of the exact uh, exact scenario in the restaurant, but it just involved uh, seeing an ex-girlfriend and uh, ordering a cake uh, for a friend she happened to be sitting with just to kind of maybe rub it in her face, but it ended up getting rubbed in my face. Uh, I ended up wearing a chocolate cake out of that restaurant. Uh, actually, it was a good restaurant. It was a cheese, cheesecake place in North Van. They're not there anymore, but it uh, tasted better than it wore. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Tasted better than it looked on my shirt. Carrie Pratt, your day job, you're the percussionist for Mounties, a Canadian indie supergroup. I'd love you to quickly tell me, for people who don't know, who that is. So it's made up of three main members. Who are they and what is their claim to fame? Mounties is the uh, hardest hitting rock band to come out of Vancouver in a long time. Um, actually, I can't even say Vancouver because they're really from all over uh, Canada with Hoxley Workman being uh, out in Ontario. We've got Steve Bays from Victoria originally but living in Vancouver and Ryan Dahl, an old-time uh, Vancouver guy who's uh, been involved with lots of great projects that you've heard a lot of. Wow, yeah, Mounties music is the most uh, raw in-your-face, uh, just pure rock uh, experience um, with a good indie choices and uh, sound and tone. Um, and they're all super, super talented players. They really bring it every night on the stage, and it's a treat to try to keep up energy-wise with those three guys. And Parker Bosley on bass as well. It's just a treat to play with. So you make a little bit different music. A lot of people call what you make quirky indie pop what have you learned about what you do the music that you make while playing for a canadian indie supergroup? um i've learned uh, i know where my place is a bit more in music um you know playing those types of shows and those caliber of uh of audiences and stages has been great um and it and it is just a nice juxtaposition to what I do with this group, which is, uh, you know, uh, appealing to a much smaller audience and uh, something that's more personal um, and uh, more suited for listening and less uh, focused on the live show. Making records for uh, no no intended audience is a great place to be. There's no one ever hovering over you saying, well, you know, you can't do this and you should do this. And, you know, I've, I've been with labels and things in the past where some of the choices that need to be made in order to uh, make that project viable as a product they have to have some say and you know they're always right they know because that's their business but I'm in the business making music I've read that your bosses in the Mounties encouraged you to put out this new record you were initially 
hesitant to put it out, I'd love you to take me through that conversation where you got encouragement from these indie Canadian music superstars. Well, uh, Ryan Dahl has been very, very involved and such a, a, a driving force with this project since the beginning. You know, when I started working with him on the first record um, so many years ago now, uh, you know, I didn't really know his resume. I knew of him and, and you know, it's kind of friends through friends. And when he kind of took this project to heart, it was really like really amazing that a guy that you know, makes real records that people listen to and people buy to take the time for this um, you know, small project of a guy who's never made a record before. So he's always been a, a big proponent of like, come on, man, like work on this. Like, like work, let's work on these mixes. You know, like I would leave the studio when we we're making this record at, you know, 1 a.m. And he would be texting me at 3, like emailing me bounces of tracks he'd been working on. Like, hey, I turned up this part or, you know what, I tailed, tailed off the guitar solo. And, you know, um, when he showed it to the other guys in Mounties, um, they were so geeked on it, too. And I was just taken aback and was like, why are these guys excited about this? And. Um, it really was inspiring and, you know, having guys like Hoxley Workman, you know, eat, uh, texting you saying, I'm listening to the mixes. I love them, man. This needs to get out. And Steve, Steve Bays was what really excited on the project. We actually even worked on a song for the last track together. You know, he's a guy that makes real records that people know about, you know, and this is just a small project. And, you know, they really, really pushed and pushed and pushed and helped me to get those little you know, pieces of the puzzle in place to really finally push it and, and finish it. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, I just, I can see his face when he was like, he, he always, when he's really excited about something, he always gets this whisper and he kind of gets this glow in his eyes. He goes, man, this is so good. <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, people got to hear this. And I was, that was it. That was like, that still rings in my head when he said that. And just that extra push to go like, yeah, this is worth it. This is worth the time. I think we should play another song. I want to play No Bedroom off your record, Who Knows Where to Begin. I would love you to tease that song for the listeners. No Bedroom is about when you start um, dating a new person and you're not really sure if you're dating or not yet and there's other people around and you're not sure if they're dating them too. It's just that whole confusing start to a new relationship. No Bedroom.
Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard No Bedroom by a guy called Prairie Cat off his record, Who Knows Where to Begin. I've got Prairie Cat right here. We're in an alley in the downtown east side beside some dumpsters. I'd love it if you could tell me a bit about this track. No Bedroom. Um, it was written uh, actually very almost literally, literally uh, about... Uh, uh, an experience and trying to find out um, if I was uh, the person's main squeeze or not at the time. And it uh, turns out the the friend I was worried about that she was hanging out with the other uh, nights of the week, um, he wasn't interested in, in her uh, plumbing, let's just say that. So it was some good news. It was great news. I was very, very relieved when she was hanging out with Anthony and just shopping because that's what they were doing. You know what? I forgot to ask you, Prairie Cat. You're a drummer. You're a drummer for hire. What drummer stereotype fits you the best? Uh, I guess I would have to say that I'm fidgety uh, a lot, and I do drool sometimes. It's, uh, it's, it happens. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. Can you explain drummers and drooling? When I asked you the question, that was not one of the stereotypes I was thinking about. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I guess it's because, uh, you know, we're not focusing on our faces. You know, we're concentrating on every other limb that our faces just kind of go, meh, and, you know, things leak out. All right, Prairie Cat, you have talked a lot about your obsession with music and how it's often led you to ignore the significant females in your life because you're so dedicated to what you do. Can you talk a bit about this obsession? Yeah, um, you know, when you want to work on records and you want to work on music, you have to make very, very uh, keen uh, schedule selections on what you're going to do with your hours here and there. And, you know, for example, the last week uh, I've had rehearsals every night till 11, 12, 1. It, it doesn't get any easier. The, the busier you get and the more, you know, let's say popular your groups get, the busier you get, it doesn't get any easier. So uh, sometimes uh, the relationships have come and gone if uh, it's not conducive to that uh, style of life. What's one tip to keep that person in your life? Oh, definitely do the dishes in the morning. Um, you you get up later usually when you're a musician. Um, just What I do is I just gather them all and take them in the shower with me. It's the easiest way to do it. So you've talked a lot about being a perfectionist in what you do. How about you take a track from the record, talk about a moment where you were working it and working it and working it, and I'll play that song in the background. Okay. Well, uh, let's say, let's pick something like Beautiful Baby. Um, it's, uh, it's a track that was really just a loose keyboard line when it started, um, and we worked really, really hard to get the drums uh, recorded right on that one. I did them by myself, uh, solo, and that's always a hard thing, engineering your own record as well. And uh, I worked really, really hard. It's just mono drums, which is also a hard thing to uh, make sound uh, nice and full in the mix, but I think we nailed it on this one. Can you talk about the rewards of being a perfectionist? Uh, there are no rewards. <laughs> you, you end up losing a lot of sleep. Uh, I, I do have a couple gray hairs this year. Um, I shouldn't say that. I think by taking the extra time to do things right, uh, you're left with a product or a, a result in the end that, as a perfectionist, you can live with. Hi, this is Carrie Pratt from Prairie Cat. You're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. Oh, how it must feel to have your secrets revealed.
Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Beautiful Baby off the record Who Knows Where to Begin by Carrie Pratt, a.k.a. Prairie Cat. I've got him right here with me in an alley. I'd love you to talk a bit about this song. Yeah, Beautiful Baby. Um, it's just kind of being about, uh, it's a song about being in a small town and uh, just um, trying to make your own choices that makes you happy even though there's other people around you that might have some opinions on what you should and how you should do your business but sometimes you just got to uh, do your own thing we were talking before the song came on about perfection and how it can be a driving force in making great music at some point you have to reach a balance between time put into things and accepting that maybe not everything you do is going to be perfect i'd love you to talk about that from a perspective of making your music. Acceptance is just a part of being a musician. As you get older and you've made more and more choices and uh, in in the career paths that you make, uh, it comes down to being able to let go at some point. And uh, as I've been a bit obsessive over the past, um, sometimes you can beat beat a track or beat a vocal take or beat a line to death where all the life is taken out of it. And uh, being uh, obsessive is good for certain parts of this business, um, but when it comes down to getting a good uh, take, um, sometimes it's not always the best take that's a good take. So it's been five long years since your last record. I'd love to know what happened in that long gap. Um, well, you know, uh, making music, when, you're, when you focus on other areas, other areas tend to kind of dwindle. It's kind of like squeezing a half-flated balloon. You know, when you're focusing on one part really hard, like my music life, uh, that's when you're living in a bachelor suite and uh, with three roommates, you know? you know? Not to bring up girls all the time, but to, you know, even the types of girls that want to be with guys in bands in their 30s are different than the types of girls that want to be with guys in bands in their 20s. <laughs> you brought it up, but I've got to know, how are they different? Um, well, you know, when you when you meet a girl in your teens and 20s, you say, I'm in a band. They go, oh, cool. When you're 30 and you tell a girl that you're, hey, I'm in a band. They go, nice to meet you. I have a boyfriend. <laughs> Which, you know, or whatever, whatever the scenario. They're, they're less excited about it. It has a stigma to it. You know, just being a musician has a stigma to it. And trying to be a professional and, uh, you know, balancing things out with teaching and, and, and working in the business, uh, it definitely gives me that edge where I feel like I'm working in the business, you know? not just a guy that sleeps on couches who happens to play in a band. At this point, Prairie Cat, I would love to talk about one of your older tracks, considering there was a five-year gap between records. Sound good? So I picked Better Friends Than Lovers. Yeah, we're going to listen to uh, Better Friends Than Lovers. Um, believe it or not, this would have been uh, one of the first times I ever sang in a microphone, I'm sure. It was recorded at the Hive Studio by uh, Colin, and uh, we had a really good time making this record. It was still young and fresh at that time. Um, hope you enjoy Better Friends Than Lovers. The prize we face outweighed the gain again, again. The prize we face outweighed the gain again. But I'll do it again. The times I prayed you would stay again.
To the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Better Friends Than Lovers. That's an older track by a guy named Prairie Cat. I have him right here, trapped with me in an alley. We were talking about old songs and how, when he wrote this song, music was new to him. Um, I guess, you know, the, the writing process has changed as I've written more. Um, a lot of the first albums were really keyboard driven because that's where I was, you know, my first introduction to kind of hashing out chords and I'm making arrangements and now as you get a little bit more experienced uh, the music can come from anywhere it doesn't come from a necessarily piano line it can be just one synth line or it can be just a drum part and those are the parts uh, now that I use to create the songs on the new record you'll hear things a lot more stripped down some really really uh, quality sonically recorded um, whirly bass drums and vocals it's pretty stripped and raw and and, and feels uh, feels tighter energy than some of the looser earlier stuff what's one thing that you would not do now that you did do on better friends than lovers the song i would not only do one vocal take like i used to do at the end of the show i love the artist to pick one of their own tracks and talk a bit about it as i bring up the music uh yeah i'd like to uh i'd I'd love it if we could spin a little bit of on a lamb uh this was the one uh bonus track on the record mixed by steve bays and I think he uh, nailed it uh, and knocked it out of the park. It's just a fun track, and it's uh, nice and short. All right, so we're going to listen to On a Lamb by Prairie Cat. Thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you very much, Scott. appreciate it. Awesome. The whole time we've been doing this interview, there's been a very polite gentleman sitting in the corner, not making noise and listening. And I would love you to introduce yourself, tell us who you are, and what you've been doing today. Uh, Jeffrey Weaver, 59 years old, just turned 59 two days ago, and... Uh... Born here, raised here, homeless for six years, now a medical cannabis patient for seven years, and collect empties to buy my medical pot. Thank you for being quiet in the background in the alley while we've been doing this interview. You're more than welcome. God bless. And to you too, sir. I 
was right.